Good morning. Welcome to the Ride with work, to Work with Bishop. Um, my name is Jonathan Bishop. I'll be your host today. We're trying out a new uh, microphone. Hopefully it sounds a little bit better. Um, but yeah, so we're going to be riding to work today. Uh, hopefully everything goes well with this new microphone. This, uh, this podcast is brought to you by nobody in particular. Uh, we have not landed that elusive um, sponsor yet. Hopefully we will soon. What is going on back here? Am I allowed to go through here? I don't think so. Let me turn around. We have pallets back here. I'm stopping by a couple places on the way to work, seeing if they have any pallets. But they're painted blue. Is that normal for a grocery store or not? Alright. So I'm still gearing up for this holiday season. I should be getting a lot of tools for Christmas this year. This is like my first year of getting uh, manly things. Normally it's just I guess tech stuff is can be manly or whatever. Why we put labels on it, really? Um, but yeah, so I should be getting my first set of tools for Christmas this year. I'm looking forward to it. Excited about it. Um, getting a circular saw, reciprocating saw, power drill, lamp. You already knew that. How are y'all doing this morning? So, back when I was in college, I had um, I had to have back surgery because of a, uh, I guess, I w- you know, I was looking at the On This Day app for Facebook, where it shows you everything that you posted on that day in previous years, and it was like December 11th or something like that, uh, it showed that... I had posted about, ow, I hurt, you know, I strained my back lifting something, and it was two years before my back surgery, I was wondering if maybe that was the beginning of it all, and anyway, I was um, at my college, North Greenville University, working over the summer, I guess it's been almost, almost five years now. Uh, four and a half years ago now that I was at my college and I was helping move some old bed frames um, they were like made out of cast iron and uh, you know I'm a pretty strong guy I was lifting maybe a lot more than I should have I was moving about three of these bed frames that weighed about 80 pounds a piece and carrying them downstairs and across parking lots and stuff didn't need to be doing that because uh, as I found out later, all the uh, all the strain on my back and the lack of form when it came to lifting that sort of stuff caused me to rupture two discs in my lower back and fracture one of my vertebrae uh, just from stress. Um, you know, I had a stress fracture on one of the vertebrae. Uh, they didn't even know that one of my bones was fractured until they got in there with uh, to fix the herniated disc. Anyway, um, 
once in a while I'll get these flare-ups um, whether it be muscle spasms or just pinched nerve from from that injury um, and I need to go to the doctor to either get a cortisone shot or muscle relaxers to you know kill the muscle spasms so that's what I'm doing today I'm actually not headed to work I'm headed to the doctor um, to get that fixed I'm uh, so yeah I'm not feeling too good if I sit just the right way it doesn't hurt but um, I think it's just muscle spasms today it's not it's not, not like a pinched nerve or anything it's just muscle spasms so yeah anyway let me ask y'all's opinion on something I don't I haven't really gotten any responses yet uh, I know I have a few listeners uh, because people have been subscribing that aren't bots um, on SoundCloud. Not entirely sure about my subscribership on um, on iTunes. If you do follow, uh, shoot me a, a tweet at uh, my uh, my handle is at under uh, at weird underscore bishop. That's at weird underscore bishop that's w-e-i-r-d underscore bishop um yeah i'd love to hear from you love to see who's who's actually listening to this if you actually enjoy it uh i follow back you know you can always use more followers anyway uh, yeah if you listen to this let me know i have a question of you i have been working at my job for a little over a year and a half now um and I've received one raise, but it's like the basic raise that you get for just being at the at whatever company you're at for a year. Um, it's not really that that big of a deal. But I've my job consists of assisting Raheem because uh, he's visually impaired, and the only thing that's in my job description is to enable him to do his job the best way that he can. Um, now, his job consists of two things mainly. One is uh, assisting the public directly, which is face-to-face at a window. Uh, somebody comes in with their issue or whatever, he assists them, and uh, his computer software can read him everything that's on the screen. Where I come in is when somebody has a physical document that he needs me to read or interpret for him, I do that for him. Um, so that's basically all I can do for him. You know, some some computer programs aren't compatible with the software, and I, I have to assist with that. But most of the time, it's just making sure you can navigate the office, making sure that his programs work at the way that they're supposed to, and making sure that uh, he understands what the person is trying to convey that's at the window across from him. Now, the other part of his job, there's actually three parts. The first part is at the window second part is on the phones he uh you know we do a little bit of teleservice work that he can pretty much do on his own unless his computer malfunctions and he needs me so what they've started doing um and then the third part is just pushing papers which he needs me explicitly for because we don't yet have the technology at our workplace for his computer to read a handwritten document or read a uh, a form that he needs to input or anything like that. So that's where I come into play. 
Now, what they've been doing with me here lately is I've been doing all that stuff, assisting him with programs, reading documents and all that good stuff. And recently I've started, when he is on the phones, I'll be sitting across from him at a window because our desk is right behind the window that he works at. And I'll be doing his normal job at the window. And vice versa. If he's on the window, then I'll be on the phones or inputting documents and stuff. So I feel like I'm doing way more than my job description uh, entails. So my question is this. Since I'm doing so much more than my job description entails, which is just to assist Raheem, I'm actually assisting with the entire office and basically doing his job as well, so they're getting two for the price of one, uh, should I ask for a raise? Because my, my job description comes with a very low salary, probably the most baseline salary that you can get working in a social security office. Um, should I ask for a pay increase now that I'm doing more than one job? Um, and in whatever circumstance that you're in, how long do you need to be at that job? Or what circumstances need to change for you to ask for a raise uh, at a job? Uh, I guess you, it never hurts to ask. I don't want to insult my, my superiors, but I do feel like I do way more for the office than what my paycheck than what is reflected in my paycheck. Um, do y'all have this same problem? Um, or am I just being a pansy and just need to shut up and take my paycheck? Because uh, the other thing is, is with government salary, I think I've gone over this before, everything's public. Like, you can go and look up uh, what everybody in our office makes. And um, I was a little shocked to find that Raheem makes three times as much as I do, which is w probably why most companies keep uh, employee salary secret is because you don't want somebody that does basically the same job or more um, finding out that they make less than somebody that doesn't do as much as the other person. Like, I get it. Uh, Raheem has a ma master's degree, or at least partial master's degree. Um, he did have to stop going to school when he became blind. Uh, and I don't have a college degree at all. Like, I get it. Uh, you don't you don't want to give a degree... You don't want to give somebody that has a degree a lower salary um, than the person that has not received a degree. But really, if you're doing the same job, shouldn't it be on an equal pay scale? Regardless of education level? Like, if you're doing the same work, why, why would it be a different pay scale? Um, yeah, that's just me complaining a little bit about how much I get paid. Uh, it's not much at all. You can go look it up. I make a little under $22,000 a year, which is really not anything um, to really be proud of or anything at this time. And my other big, my other big complaint is... That, that pay scale right there puts me under, if it was just my salary and not mine and my wife's, for our household, if I was the only breadwinner, if I was the only person 
contributing finances to our household, that would put us under the poverty line. So why, it, this, this blows my mind, why would the U.S. government, for a federal employee, even at the most baseline salary, pay somebody to where they would be under the poverty line at the most basic level? Like, I know I came in at the bottom of the totem pole, but I don't think I should be, I don't think it should be that I'm getting paid, uh, you know, under the poverty line. I, I think I should be the minimum. The minimum that I should be receiving uh, would be, you know, right above the poverty line, or you know, to where I can provide for uh, my entire household with just my income. Like I know I'm doing a very, in, in my opinion, a very easy job, um, but that doesn't mean. I mean, it's a federal job. It, it's easy, but it's not like piece of cake easy. I'm going to park here and uh, while I'm waiting on my doctor's appointment. They got this n crazy new thing. I'll get off the topic of my salary or whatever, me complaining about that. Um, maybe we can get some really nice uh, audio here without the car running. We do have some rain going on in the background. You might hear some cars co going by. Um, yeah, you can, you can definitely hear that. See here, we've been going for 13 minutes. We'll go to about 30, and then I'll head on in. Excuse me for a second. <coughs> Still have this freaking cold. So, like, I'm gonna—I gotta get back to the salary thing because it's really bugging me. How can a government knowingly pay somebody that works for them under the poverty line? Like, it doesn't make any sense to me. Uh, you know, I, I was watching something that the middle class is on its way to being completely eradicated. You're either going to fall into the lower class, which does fall under the poverty line, or you're going to be in the upper class, which I think makes over $80,000 a year, which really isn't that, in hindsight, isn't that much. Um, but the poverty line is, you know under $35,000 a year, which a lot of people that I know fall under. Um, they seem to be well off, uh, you know, they seem, but the, you know, there, there's a, there's a big difference between, um, the upper class, the middle class, and the lower class, like the, there is no really in between stage. Uh, it's, it's a little jarring because um, my parents used to make very good money. It's a little jarring going from a, a family or a household income where we were in the upper class uh, to uh, when my parents uh, split and got divorced and lost their uh, their jobs because they both worked in religious fields. Uh, my dad was a pastor. My mom was a chaplain. And uh, if you know anything about especially Baptist people, um, we won't... We weren't anywhere close to as Baptist as the Westboro Baptist Church. Uh, those people are heathens and uh, need need Jesus more than anybody else, in my opinion. Um, anyway, they my dad made very good money because he was pastor of a very successful church, and my mom made even better money because she was um, the head chaplain at a hospital in the, one of the main hospitals in Louisville, Kentucky. Um, 
they made very good money. So I grew up knowing what it le- what it was like to live in the upper class and uh, be well off and not really have to worry about finances all too much. Um, and then when my parents split, um, because you cannot be divorced and work as a pastor or as a chaplain in a Baptist facility, um, my mom went back to work for uh, one of the companies that she worked for growing up, Carolina First Bank, which I don't think they exist any longer. Um, and my dad would, became a security officer, both of them making under the, under that poverty line limit. Um, and my mom's barely above it now. Um, my, I don't think my dad is anywhere close to being above it. Um, going from that to where they are now and where I am now, it's it's very jarring, you know, it's, uh, it's a little weird, to tell you the truth, to, to go from, go from having, having no financial, really, uh, strain to having it non-stop, um, my wife and I just, just recently, especially today, we're running low on gas and she doesn't get paid but till the 15th of every month, which is fine, but, uh, it does put a little strain on our wallet close to, close to the 15th, you know, from the 10th to the 15th or whatever. Um, but, you know, it's, uh, we'll make it. Am I the only one that struggles with this or is it, is it something that everybody deals with? Um, but yeah, so I'm, I'm done with that. I got, uh, we've got it all figured out. We're, I'm done talking about financial strain. I am going to ask for a raise on, on Tuesday. Um, and hopefully that goes well. I don't know if, especially because I work for the federal government, I don't know if they'll have any control over that at all, or if, you know, requests for raises have to be submitted in writing or, uh, or what have you. Um, but yeah, I, I think I deserve it. I've been doing a ton of work for our office. Um, several people have told me, recently and th- this is a sign that that you're doing a good job um, I think our especially my generation has uh, this chip on their shoulder maybe and maybe it's just laziness uh, the millennial generation my generation especially has this has this complex where you feel like and I, sh- I struggle with this too you feel like you don't have to work as hard um, because the technology exists and it's so easily easy to connect to people without actually having to connect to people you feel like you don't really have to do all that much work to be successful everybody feels like they're just supposed to be famous everybody feels like they're just supposed to be handed what's supposed to be given to them um, and nobody uh, has to go to a full day of work in their entire life um, but that's not the way this works. I think uh, that's I, I think that's the main ingredient that's missing from our generation to make them the greatest generation that's ever lived. I think our 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 parents had that part right, but they lacked the creativity to uh, really create anything meaningful and that was going to last. So I think somewhere in the middle is uh, where the sweet spot is, where you where you take the time to create, and you take the time to be your own boss, you take the time to to really uh, to really make something that's going to make a lasting impact. 
but you also take the time to put in a hard day's work and provide for your family and um, grind it out and uh, not call in sick every other day. Because, uh, you know, it's a problem that I've noticed every job that I've ever taken, which is a lot. I've, I've had quite a many jobs, um, but I always worked my hardest at all those jobs, you know. Um, it's it's a little strange to go to work for me and notice and it's not even it's not even my generation I you know I'm pinning this a lot of my generation it's really the people that are just working right now and that's most of those are the people ahead of me um, I think the generation ahead of us has done a poor job at setting an example because uh, every day you can count on in, at my job you can count on at least and this is ridiculous, I know, at least 15 to 20 percent of our office calling in sick. Um, now, whether that's true or not remains to be seen, because I can't really judge whether or not people are actually sick, but it's been consistent. We have 60 people that work in our office, and ev any given day we'll have 5 to 10 people call in sick. Now, technically I did today too, um, but I have a pre-existing medical condition that warrants me to go to go to the doctor's office and I'll probably go into work later today to tell you the truth um, depending on how long this doctor's visit takes um, and what they find with my scans uh, but the the big travesty to me is is that people don't really like the, there's some sort of uh, plague that has gone through every single job that I've ever taken to where somebody calls in sick every day and I'm not going to judge but I can judge from what I see um, and if you're posting stuff on Facebook from you drinking the night before like on a Sunday night and you call in sick on Monday morning I'm going to assume it's because you were hungover or if you call in sick on a Thursday and I see Facebook posts from your wife saying, oh, well, my husband did this great thing for me. I'm calling Raheem out on this. He didn't call in sick. He called in for a personal day. He just forgot to request off uh, for, her, for his wife's birthday. But if you call in sick all the time uh, for personal days or for actual sick days all the time, and you set this standard of, well, I'm not going to come into work. Like, if you don't, we have several people in our office that I don't think they've worked a full week in their entire life, um, which is which is saying something. Because anyway, I'll get off my soapbox. Basically, what you need to know is I think if you're able to work an entire week, you need to work an entire week and just use the the sick leave and the vacation leave that you've been given. You know, with the government, we've been given a lot, uh, so I don't really think there's any point for unless you're actually sick or hurting, to actually take off any time. And again, maybe I'm just judging out of judgment's sake, but I've seen it a lot. Message me, tweet me, let me know if, uh, if you feel the same way. Um, anyway, uh, let's see how much time we got left here. I've got to go in at, uh, at 10 o'clock to check in, and it's 9.52 right now. It looks like we're going to come out right at about 30 minutes. Yeah, that'll be good. Uh, but yeah, so, um, yeah, it's gonna, uh, we got about eight minutes left, about actually seven and a half. Uh, let me talk about something a little bit lighter. I, uh, I view entertainment a lot, you know, whether it be plays, 
YouTube videos, TV series, music. Um, and my wife and I had an interesting conversation last night, you know, pillow talk. We're in the bed talking right before we go to sleep. Um, she pointed out to me that uh, we both consume a lot of entertainment. We both watch a lot of TV. We both listen to a lot of music, watch YouTube videos or whatever. But she said that it was uh, becoming increasingly difficult, more difficult, to have a full conversation with me because I always had my headphones in and was watching something on my phone or uh, or we were watching something together and you really can't unless you pause the TV show you really can't uh, have a full-on conversation with somebody um, but yeah so it's uh, you know how do you balance that you know you want to stay up to date with all the current stuff maybe you just cut out more stuff in your life anyway uh, let me talk to you about something that I've been watching lately and get your thoughts on this. I watch um, anime. Now, anime has this sort of stigma still, and I don't get it. Uh, it. It seems super judgmental to me. I thought this was 2015, almost 2016, that we would be past this by now. I watch anime, which, for lack of a better term, is basically a grown-up cartoon. Um, sure, kids can watch it too, but the, the anime that I watch has some adult content in it. To me, it's just another form of entertainment. Um, a great gateway anime to see if you would be even interested in it is uh, Air, Last Airbender or Ruby um, from Rooster Teeth Productions. You know, they're great introductory uh, lessons in what anime is. It's very hyperbolized fights, it's very hyperbolized talking style, conversation style. Um, I enjoy it, and if you enjoy it, I feel like you should be able to watch it. Do you, you guys think that anime is appropriate, uh, an appropriate form of, of entertainment to view for an adult? Um, let, let me know, because I'd be interesting to hear. I, I love, I love Ruby. Um, it's been great this season. Season 3 is rocking. I can't wait for the next episode. Uh, Last Airbender is just a joy to watch. I'll probably go back and watch the entire first season here pretty soon. Um, it's just one of those things where it's it's a combination for me of nostalgia for from um, shows that I used to watch when I was a kid to um, superheroes and adult content that that we love. You know, because I don't really get the difference between watching uh, something like Last Airbender or Ruby and watching Arrow or Flash. It's just the same. It's the same sort of stylized fiction. Uh, it's just one is live action, one is cartoon, one is uh, animated. Uh, so yeah, what what are your thoughts on that? I I like it. I love it a lot. Um, but yeah, so. Well, in this on a holiday talk, Christmas is right around the corner. Uh, Hanukkah just ended for all my Jewish friends out there. Um, yeah, so uh, for for those of you that just finished celebrating Hanukkah, did you get any good gifts? What is the big gift going to be this year? Like, uh, I feel like the iPhone hit a little early this year to, for it to be considered a good Christmas present. Um, 
hoverboards hit a little early this year. Maybe they'll still be one of the main gifts. That and they're super expensive. Like I found, I found one that was decently priced online for 150 bucks. Like I compare everything to the cost of my car. I spent 500 dollars on my car. To spend 150 dollars on um, a motorized non-handled Segway is a little ridiculous to me. Maybe, uh, maybe the ma the big gift this year is going to be gift cards or whatever. I guess for me it's tools. I guess it really depends on what age range you fall under. But as far as te uh, you know, the past years it's been um, iTunes, uh, not iTunes, iPods or or uh, you know whether it be iPhones or whatever. Um, it's been some sort of technological gadget. I think I think we're at the point now where uh, some sort of technological gadget's going to be the big thing um, every year. Uh, but what what's the big gift? I remember the number one selling gift about ten years ago was like Tickle Me Elmo or it was some toy or something, which was which was crazy to me. Um, I guess a toy could still be the number one selling item. Maybe it's uh, maybe it's like an Xbox One or a PS4. But we kind of. This is going to be a weird year for gifts because it's it's not like there's anything huge to get this year. I'll have to look that up and tell tell you what I find tomorrow about what the big gift for this year is. Um, but it looks like I'm done. Uh, we're rolling in on the finish. This has been the ride to work with Bishop, and or in this case, the ride to the doctor with Bishop. Um, but it's been a joy being with y'all. Leave me some messages. Again, you can follow me on Twitter at, at weird underscore bishop. Um, yeah, that'd be great. And if you haven't followed this podcast on SoundCloud or uh, iTunes podcast yet, uh, go ahead and hit that subscribe button for me. Again, this podcast isn't brought to you by anybody in particular. So I will see you next week. Well, not next week.